This is from the Trudeau Mai collection. Jin King's Buddha Dharma at the New Year. The case. Jin King Daofu was asked by a monk, Is there a Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the New Year? Jin King said, Yes. The monk said, What is the Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the New Year? Jin King said, the beginning of the year is auspicious. The myriad things are all new. The monk said, thank you for your answer. And Jin King replied, I lost virtue today. Later, another monk asked Zen master Ming Zhao, is there Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the new year? Ming Zhao said, no. The monk said, every year is a good year. Every day is a good day. How is it not in the new year? Ming Zhao said, When old man Zhang drinks wine, old man Li gets drunk. The monk said, Old, old, big, big, a dragon head, a snake tail. Ming Zhao said, I lost virtue today. Good morning. Happy New Year to all of us. How do we understand the Buddha Dharma and how do we express it? How do we express an awakened mind when one year ends and a new year begins? Especially during such challenging times. As practitioners of the Buddha Dharma, when we speak of understanding, we refer to an intimate and experiential level of embodiment rather than an externalized and conceptual understanding. And so to understand the true meaning of what we call a beginning means to feel it deeply and to intimately become a living manifestation of it. Or in other words, to be a or to agree to be a perpetual beginner, which simply means to live in alignment with the immutable law of impermanence and perpetual change. The Buddha said that impermanence is most difficult to truly understand because everybody understands it intellectually. The challenge lies in merging our moment-by-moment -moment lives with the reality or a reality of constant change. The fact that impermanent means constant disintegration that it will eventually kill us does not make it an enemy or a hindrance to living fearlessly. Constant disintegration means constant renewal. Impermanence manifests as an endless cycle of cause and effect within a continuous flow of renewal and disintegration. Two aspects of one reality. Without decay, there is no growth. And without growth, there is no decay. Of course, our tendency is to lament the decay and try to hold on to the growth. But by doing so, we're actually held back from engaging in the fullness of reality and we miss 
precious opportunities to be fearlessly and completely alive. And so entering a new year can potentially offer such an opportunity. On one level, it is meaningless, since there is no fixed point within the vastness of reality and the fluidity of time. But on another level, a new year can be a great reminder of the way life constantly renews itself, and it can offer us an entry point into the freshness of life. A reminder to shed the extras we have accumulated and enter the new without holding on to the stale. Or maybe enter the new with accepting that there is a part of us that is terrified and wants to hold on to the stale. In this koan, a monk asks Jinking, is there Buddha Dalma at the beginning of the new year? Jinking said yes, and the monk said, what is the Buddha Dalma at the beginning of the year? Jinking said, the beginning of the year is auspicious, the myriad things are all new. So the monk is asking about an entry point to realizing the Buddha Dharma. And the Buddha Dharma is none other than the teaching of awakening. It's not the teaching of the Buddha as much as the teaching of this moment or what this moment offers as a teaching. And Jinking is saying that at the beginning of the year, this is a great opportunity for awakening to the freshness of reality. What does that mean right now? Or if it doesn't mean anything right now for us, then the teachings are worthless. <clears throat> Once Zen Master Dao went to visit Master Shitu and asked him, what is the fundamental meaning of Buddha Dharma? And Shitu said, not to attain, not to know. Dao said, is there some turning point in going beyond or not? And Shitu said, the vast sky does not hinder the white clouds from flying. What is the Buddha Dharma? Not attaining, not knowing. Since everything is in a perpetual state of disintegration and renewal, knowing or attaining is simply not possible. But losing ourselves to the experience of unhindered freshness is always available. Not knowing and not attaining is an entry point, often not a very palatable one, yet it is an entry point. The mind that does not know is the same as the sky that does not hinder the white clouds from flying. It is the mind that is not concerned when concern is born, when thoughts arise and vanish, and when we experience stormy emotions or stormy times, such as the times we live in. It is the mind of bearing witness to everything, everything, without judgments, distinctions, or discrimination. When all things are realized as appearing and disappearing within the vast and empty sky, where do we find the hindrances? Or how are we 
hindered. The Buddha Dharma is essentially the teaching of constant flow in which nothing can possibly remain the same even for a second. No beginning and no end. Yet what we call the beginning of the new year can be an auspicious occasion to realize the preciousness of constant flow, as Jinking said to the monk. When, when this monk said, thank you for your answer, Jinking said, I lost virtue today. Why would he say that? Jinking's answer was truthful and the monk's appreciation seems genuine. So where is the fault? Later, another monk asked Zen Master Ming Zhao, is there Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the year? And Ming Zhao said, no. And the monk said, Every year is a good year. Every day is a good day. How is it not in the new year? Ming Zhao said, When old man Zhang drinks wine, old man Li gets drunk. In fact, this line, we have been studying this line over the past year, dealing with this pandemic, realizing that everybody and everything is affected by that. Nothing exists in isolation from anything else. Not a single moment, not a single person. Yet we live within a cocoon or, or a made-up reality that says, yes, I am here, you are there. I can do whatever I want and you do whatever you want. Is that real? Is that true? And what happens when we live this way? And the monk said, old, old, big, big, a dragon head, a snake tail. And again, Ming Zhao said, I lost virtue today. So to say that there is Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the new year is correct. And to say that there is no Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the new year is also correct. But both said that they lost virtue by giving the correct answer. Why is that? It is correct. The problem is that we bring it up. And when we bring it up, we are a thousand miles away from it. Because we step out in order to point. When we step out, we are not embodied who we are, what we are. We ponder, we think, we quantify, we weigh, we measure it, compare it, ask questions, look for answers, accept or reject the answers. Meanwhile, the freshness is here. Dogen commented on this exchange and said, that he disagrees with these two teachers. He said, although Jinking and Minjiao speak of one loss, they do not yet see one gain. Suppose somebody would ask me if there is Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the new year or not. I would say to them, there is. Suppose the monk then would ask, what is the Buddha Dharma at the beginning of the new year? 
I would say to him, may each and every body, whether staying still or standing up, have 10,000 blessings. Suppose the monk said, in that case, in accordance with this saying, I will practice. Then I would say to him, today I have advantage after advantage, rather than losing virtue. And then he said to the monk or to us, now please practice. Now please practice. Advantage after advantage, every moment, every moment, before, during, after, every moment is a grand opportunity to appreciate, to embody, to breathe in, to breathe out, to be nowhere else, to be no one else. So what have we learned from this past year, from this stormy year? What have we learned from having to deal with a completely unexpected reality or completely unexpected change of reality? What is the Buddha Dharma? It is nothing but moment by moment change. Well, then we had the best teaching possible since this pandemic began. But we don't want it. Or we don't want this kind of teaching. We want different teaching. Right? We want the teaching to be based on the way we think. And the way we think is fixed, is static, is grasping, is holding. The way we think actually opposes changing reality. Then life comes and says, here it is. Here is the teaching. Now, it is asking us, are, we, are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to let go? So, since the beginning of this pandemic, or at the beginning, we did not know how we will function. Right? We went from functioning only in person to functioning only virtually. And at the beginning, I did not know how we will function. I did not know if we have to actually put our practice on hold, our Sangha group practice on hold. And then we discovered, little by little, that it is possible to change that it is possible to maintain a practice with vigor, with determination, regardless of the changes, with the changes, allowing the change to teach us, be willing to learn, rather than argue, rather than think that there is a better version of reality, rather than lament, hold on. And it requires, the Buddha Dharma requires us to be okay with not knowing. Because a year ago, we did not know that this is what we will have to deal with. What we will have to deal with a year from now, a month from now, do we know? 
Are we okay with not knowing, moment by moment, what will happen or who we are? Wanting to know who we are is not much different than wanting to know what will happen. It has to do with wanting to know. Not knowing, not attaining. That is the Buddha Dharma. Not knowing is aligning with reality as it is. And aligning with reality as it is requires us to keep our eyes open and be willing to change. So we learn to adapt. We learn not just to adapt, actually. The Sangha grew and strengthened through this time. We had a wonderful Jukai ceremony that we did not know how we will hold. And it was beautiful. Jukai is always beautiful, but this one was particularly different. Right? It wasn't the way we usually or traditionally hold Jukai. It was outside in a parking lot. It's beautiful. And that's what it's about. Letting go. Willing to change. So we learn how to adapt. We learn how to strengthen and deepen our practice. We learn to slow down. We learn because we don't have a choice. We have to slow down. We can't travel. We can't do all the things we used to do for the time being. We learn to appreciate the simplicity. We also learn sadness. 1.8 million people died since the beginning of this pandemic. 1.8 million. A lot of people. One is a lot. We witnessed that. We took it in. A lot of suffering all around. What does that mean? Change is change. It doesn't have in it good or bad. It is just change. We show up, we subsist for a while, we disintegrate, we disappear. Is that wrong? Is that against? Is that for anything? Or is it just the way it is? Or is it just the Buddha Dharma in action? So what have we learned? What have you learned? Last year, 2020, ending last year, entering 2021. What have we learned? And now what? So I'd like to open it up. And the reason I wanted to start with the koan is because we have to keep making the connection between what we call everyday life experiences and what we call traditional or formal practice or text. This is not foreign. The words may sound foreign, but what they point at is this moment, our lives, our willingness or unwillingness to change. That's what the practice is about. This is what koans are about. 
It is a great tool to help us dissolve the resistance and allow us to trust and rest in change rather than fear it. Rest in change. Be nurtured and nourished by change. It is nothing but renewal. Nothing but renewal. So, where are we at? Where are you at? I'd love to hear from you. Please share whatever you want. Sing a song, speak, dance, whatever you want. It's all good. Please. Who wants to go first? Unmute and go for it. I think Daiba wants to go first. Okay. Can everybody hear me? Thumbs up? Good. So, um, reminds me of a con I just worked on. Um, Monk asked Joshu, um, does a baby have um, the sixth consciousness? And Joshu says, like uh, throwing a ball on a swift flowing stream or swift, swift flowing water. And then another um, master comments on that saying moment by moment, nonstop flow. So, you know, that was what 2020 was like for me, you know, a lot of changes. Um, I had three kids graduate from college virtually um, in 2020. Um, they all basically moved back home for a period of time and then uh, moved out again. And uh, now two of them are back. So, um, you know, my wife and I were thinking of selling our house by now, <laughs> but I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, so 2020 has just been uh, a year for me that um, it brings to the forefront that we need to be supple in the way that we approach life and that um, the suffering really comes from rigid thinking and that when you encounter something in your life that was not expected, um, your ability to, you know, flow, we use the word flow and we'll, we'll just stick with that word. The ability to flow with the changes that come um, seem to be um, what's necessary um, and seems to be at the heart of our practice. You know, this ability to um, not go with the flow, but uh, be in the flow, be the flow. Um, so that's what, that's what 2020 was for me. Um, it was a, uh, a, a real opportunity for me to express, um, flow, uh, and, and adaptation and, um, the ongoing theme of acceptance was, was very much uh, a part of that for me, um, in 2020. Thank you. Thank you, Daibu. You know, we chant Bodhisattva live Prajna Paramita. To live deep wisdom, what does that mean? To live deep wisdom means to be in alignment. Means to not hold on, means to not know. To live deep Prajna Paramita. Who's next?
Marizan, good morning. You're muted. Right. Okay. Now I'm unmuted, right? Yes, we can hear you. Right. I have to share that the sky is falling. The sky is falling. I don't know if you can see the sky falling. Yes, it is falling rapidly. Rapidly. It's wonderful. Oh, I think um, 2020 was going to be a year of um, upheaval and change, no matter what. And the pandemic just made it a different sort of upheaval and change. Um, the election was going to cause an amazing upheaval and change, regardless of what happened. Um, so the pandemic sort of um, got us ahead of time, maybe ahead of the curve that um, this was going to be a different year. In March, we were um, buying tickets to go to Seattle to see our son and buying tickets to go to Scotland for a vacation. Uh, and it was just as the pandemic hit. So um, we were just on the verge of doing all these plans and going all these places. And none of that, of course, ever took place. Um, so 220, people talk about it as this year, this sort of wasted year. Um, but I think that's quite wrong-headed. Um, it's um, in, men, in almost every way, obviously in the most essential ways, it's a year that's the same as every other year. Um, my daughter-in-law became pregnant, which she hadn't done in any other year. I relearned to play tennis, which I've never done in any year. Um, I recaptured my uh, sitting practice, which I hadn't done in many years. Um, I mean, all sorts of things happened in 220 as they're going to happen in 2021. Um, so it's, um, it's interesting sitting here watching the sky falling, um, just as it, uh, it did in 2020. Uh, and I certainly hope it's going to keep doing it throughout 2021. Um, and also 2020, I think, as much as I'm ambivalent about Zoom, I think I've become closer to everyone in the Sangha. Um, looking at all of your pictures all the time, um, you know, we sit together in the uh, Zendo. Uh, we don't get to see each other's faces. We don't get to um, spend much time looking at each other. And these past few months, um, I've come to know your faces very well. I have no idea who most of you are or what's behind those faces, uh, but you certainly have a group of very interesting faces and I certainly enjoyed watching them um, and watching whatever you've decided to wear today and uh, how you're looking happy or sad or um, the Sangha's full of stories. Um, so that has been a very um, interesting part of my practice for the last year, for which I'm deeply grateful for all of you. Um, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Rezan. Yogan. 
two things. Uh, the first thing is that I have enjoyed immensely spending time with all of you, even if it is remote. Um, it's, it's wonderful as Rezan said to see all your smiling or, you know, maybe, maybe it's a different emotion, but whenever I see you, you make me happy. And I just want you to know that you really helped take me through the year. Um, it, it was very difficult uh, and challenging in many ways for everybody. And um, the other thing I wanted to say just briefly is um, in going and returning, we never leave home. Thank you. Yes, that was a great lesson on interconnectedness. Right, that transcends time and space. We have definitely learned that over that entire year. Who's next? Daikyo, good morning. Good morning. I was falling, um, watching the falling you know, for the sky. It was nice. It's all so sorry. Here and uh, I need to remember to move my car. So, um, 2020, um, I think, you know, what I've been thinking about when, when you raised the topic over email and, uh, and today in the talk is that, um, I think we should practice, um, to find, I mean, I, I was kind of making a parallelism to the diamond sutra and how we are still at the point where we're, I mean, a lot of us probably find it hard to call the pandemic a pandemic because we still don't realize that the pandemic is empty and there is no pandemic. And, uh, and that, that kind of, that, that way of expressing it like all the time by the Buddha on the Diamond Sutra, that is like, because this is not that, because if this is not this, then you can call it this. That is kind of the, the thing that it keeps repeating. And because the pandemic is not really a pandemic, then we can call it a pandemic. And I think, you know, we still kind of attaching to the pandemic, a lot of our own suffering to it, our own kind of connotations of, of um, like we call it the stormy, this and that, or, or terrible, or, and, and, and the more that we attach to that, and we are convinced that those are really, um, really what's going on, then it's harder for us to accept it because it's like, it's, it has a lot of connotations and a lot of meaning. And, um, and we discussed this about the semantics of the words and how the words make us have ideas of what's going on. And, and we, if we don't realize that those ideas are not really what's going on, which is the whole, um, experience. I mean, the whole year, like, like Raisa was saying, uh, the year brought a lot of things and some of them are not up to our liking, but some of them are, I mean, like, uh, I mean, in our personal lives, I'm pretty sure there is a lot of different things that brought this and, and, uh, having, um, learning new things, learning some interconnectedness that wasn't there before learning, uh, kind of going through it and, and learning things. It's part of what the experience is about. And, and, um, so I don't know, I, I think I mean, I'm trying to see how we can make a pledge to, to don't find so much external things affecting us and making this a suffering 
and learning more about like external things are, you know, what you need to work with. And, and sometimes it's more personal. This is more, I think the funny thing about this one is that it's more universal. Like every, every life, every life in 2020, I mean, I know people that were born and people that died this year, that does, has nothing to do with the pandemic itself. I mean, it was cancer death. I mean, and I know people that regardless of what um, this, I mean, even if the pandemic didn't happen, they would have had a tough year or a blissful year. And, and it, it doesn't have to do with just one thing. So this pandemic was more general and that's kind of what is very different about this. Um, because it affected pretty much the whole world at the same time, which is very unusual. Typically lives are very affected by localized things and very personal things sometimes. Um, but that, that, um, general thing that shouldn't make us believe that the external is what dictates how we interact with it. And I, and I think, you know, with this pandemic, the, the talking about it of many people has to do with that, with attaching to the. This was a terrible year. Next year will be better, and, and it's like that. That hope of a change it sometimes is our own demise, you know. And so, how do we how do we work for something without knowing what is that we expect to be better or what? It's um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but you know that's kind of what I what I wanted to share about my impression that we need to work more on on seeing how empty whole external things are you know even if they look very bad and uh, and and in in doing so connect to them and learn learn what is easy to learn just like these zoom meetings which are phenomenal like uh like many other things that i learned this year about uh, how to connect i mean like i spend because of this pandemic i spend more time with my family that i probably wouldn't have spent with being here and uh and and things that did, wouldn't have happened maybe and i i remember I, I appreciate those things too and i also have a lot of things that really i didn't like about this year <laughs> you know like uh but you know it, it is the story of all of us i think you know and and we just need to kind of keep rolling with the punches and flowing the stream that uh daimo is talking about you know just ball in the stream um so that's it thank you Thank you. The fact that it affected everybody actually was, is a profound teaching because usually it's very easy to compartmentalize or to box things in the head and to not know what's going on or to not care about what's going on. But uh, everybody is affected by that. And that by itself is unique to, to what we're dealing with. Yes, people die and people are born all the time. But we have an opportunity, right? We have an opportunity with this uh, specific uh, issue. And uh, yeah, and I think we are... Uh, we I have think that's a good way of, this, uh, of saying yeah. it. Like, um, let's not the suffering, let um, the suffering not waste our opportunity here right. of, of right. learning something with this, you know? Right. That's, that's, I guess that's a good summary of what I was trying to say, not very goodly. Well, we're on the same page. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, El, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, yes. <laughs> um, 
I just wanted to share some of the things that are happening in my life on a more micro level. And I feel like there's a feeling there that resonates with what people are sharing. Um, even if I am not sure what the words are for it. Um, it was, uh, something on January 1st, I received a call from a friend and realized received news that they were going through an acute, um, mental health related crisis that involves a lot of like fragmentation of personality. And it was an old friend of mine who I had known in one way for many years. And I was suddenly experiencing her in a completely new way um, that was harder for me to recognize. And what she was telling me about, because we hadn't been in contact for a while, had actually been going on throughout 2020. And yet it only became apparent to me in 2021. So in some ways, there is something that was constantly happening. Um, and there's also some felt significance about me, me personally experiencing it at the coming of the new year. Um, and um, that phone call I received is along a theme of I have had other friends also in 2020 experience acute mental health crises or hospitalizations. Um, something that I feel I that frequently came up in 2020 in my practice and also in getting to know the Sangha better is um, uh, I, I used to say something to when I was talking in my one-on-one uh, -on -one discussions with Roshi along the lines of, well, I'm not very impressed by other people or something like that. Um, and that I didn't like spending time. It, it was, I don't like spending time with people that much when they're not impressing me. Um, and I think that can mean like a variety of things to different people, what impresses different people or others. For me, I, really like it when someone is able to express something that, um, or like skillfully put something into words, something like that has to do with being impressed to me. And it has been a process I've gone through with Sangha to understand friendship and companionship in a different way and um, friendship in a way that goes beyond um, recognizing certain uh, ways of talking or ways of speaking to each other, a way of uh, give and take or a way of um, inferring or um, these kind of like social gestures that I'm used to seeing um, and being like, what does it feel like to spend time with people who act slightly differently than what I'm used to or comfortable with. And I think I've experienced that. That lesson has been deepened by my um, interactions with old friends now who act with quite different social signals and um, social skills right now, given where they are right now. Um, I was talking to a mutual friend of mine recently and something that came up in that conversation is this friendship looks really different than how I thought it would look and yet I still feel some care and responsibility towards this person um, because there was a part of me 
there is a part of me, you know, when my friends are going through a crisis like that, where it's harder for me to recognize them, that's a bit like, well, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know this person. This person isn't bringing me joy right now. This person isn't serving me right now. Why be with them? And yet here, here we are, here I am. Um, so that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you. So a process of transcending the self. We're all on that same path of transcending the self, whatever the self has to say, right? Whatever the picking and choosing going on in our heads, right? We're not going to judge that, but we are going to work on dissolving that rather than continue that by feeding into the picking and choosing. Right? So, yes, there is a mind that, that, that is attached, heavily attached to picking and choosing. Fine. No problem. We're up for that, right? And we're going to be patient with that. That's the practice. And we're going to allow it to say what it wants to say. Yet we choose what to do and how to do it, right? There is a larger, there is a larger me, always. How do we listen to that? Right? How do we net, how do we not get caught up by this small me that is completely bogged down by picking and choosing, is attached to that, or lives and dies by that? That's a process, yes. And and uh, yeah, Sangha definitely offers a way out. So or way in. Thank you. Who's next? Joan, and then Christine. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good New Year to everyone. Um, I have three um, comments to make. Yeah. One is um, I really want to express my gratitude for all for you, Junrio, and all the workshop leaders and the daily uh, sangha sits. They're amazing. That, that, that this has all been amazing, and I know it takes a lot of commitment and. Uh, getting up early and whatnot. So I'd like to thank um, everyone. And the other thing is um, this past year has really, um, I've really grown to understand how fragile life is. And um, there's nothing that I can really depend on because nothing, we don't know what's going to be from moment to moment. And that was a huge lesson. And also it's brought me face to face in another way with my own mortality. And those are huge uh, things to me to be uh, reckoning with. And um, the last thing I want to say is that I arrived here, I just landed here about nine months ago, it was the beginning of April, and a little shaken. And I'm just um, in awe about how um, I feel at home and I feel like I'm getting to know people and vice versa through these little boxes. And, um, that's a tribute to really every single person, um, in this Sangha. And it's really been extraordinary. Um, and I'll leave it at that. And thank you. Very well put. Thank you so much for expressing that. Thank you. Thank you. We love having you here in the box. <laughs> Christine. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to share uh, something I was uh, giving some thought to before the, the new year, you know, January 31st <laughs> approached is what a, you know, what a bold 
celebration of entering a new year in date and you know understand there's astrological reasons of why we celebrate you know the, the new year the date of the new year but um you know we move through every moment new and i really enjoyed your service morning jiro and discussion because um you know we do move through every moment new so you know should we count down every moment three two one you know new <laughs> um so it was kind of interesting to think of it that way because i i've never gave thought to that that kind of every every moment's new every day um and something um about this past year you know i've, I've just joined this this group the sangha i think early summer or late spring and uh really came to to understand acceptance in a different way that i've never done before and most every year prior was just a kind of a same sort of things happen the kids grow older things you know you get older and some new things but um this past year in time was different you learn to accept not knowing and that was a big i guess theme for my understanding of uh this past year is uh accepting the the not knowing so um thank you all for community and um and discipline and routine uh being a part of the sangha thank you thank you christine so the process of going from the fear of not knowing to the joy of not knowing, it is incredible. And it is a process. But we, we go from fearing not knowing to realizing that not knowing is home. It's who we are. It's not where we're going. It's just who we are. And this is tremendous uh, uh, sensation of freedom, actually. And this is the, what you described. What you're saying is the process of our practice. So, yeah, thank you. And thank you for being a part of the Sangha. Who's next? Good morning, Kelly. Uh, we can't hear you. She's unmuted. I could see that. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, I don't know. Anybody wants to analyze that and tell us? Do you want to? Maybe the microphone is off. Microphone could be off. Microphone could be off. She's going to type it for us. So we'll just. Okay, how about this? How about, do you want to disconnect and connect and we will go to someone else and see if that works? Why don't you do this? Okay, so who wants to speak while Kelly is trying to figure out the issue? I'll go ahead. Who is me? Uh, oh, Jifu. Jifu? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um... So as a hospice nurse, I have this incredible opportunity to be daily present with uh, impermanence. 
and um, families do a lot of anticipatory grieving. So they haven't lost their loved one yet, um, but they know that that's coming. And they begin to think about how they're gonna deal with this loss. And a lot of what I hear is, I don't know how I'll go on. I don't know how I'll wake up in the morning with the absence of my loved one. And it's very common for people to want to say, oh, you'll be okay and they're in a better place and you know, you'll keep them in your memory and that will be uh, beautiful. And all of that um, is meaningful and, and good and well-intended. Um, but I like to talk about it being okay to feel loss and it being okay to be with discomfort um, and that pushing those feelings and thoughts away are not necessarily beneficial to, to a person. Um, and I think we've all had quite a lesson in being with discomfort this past year and being with the impermanence of so many lives, uh, so many people that have died. And um, I think that this is just another continuation. While we're in a new year, it's gonna continue to be impermanent, um, all of our existences. And we're gonna have to learn to work through hardship and also look forward to the new now as every moment turns. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jifu. And thank you for your work. So Kelly, you want to try again? Can you hear me? Good. Ron. Um, good morning. Morning. Um, I'm glad I caught a little bit of what Jifu was saying because I completely, um, I completely agree with that. I think there's um, the one thing that was said to me by a very um, wise person early on in the pandemic is it's kind of coming to it's it's coming to mind now is you really um learn about how things work once they break and um perhaps that's a little bit too much of a mechanical like way of looking at the world but um so many things i think were revealed um in 2020 with the pandemic and also with the you know, the surge ahead of Black Lives Matter, I don't think that those those things are completely connected. Um, our election, of course, was a moment as well to re reveal and realize what's been going on and how, how everything works and how everything doesn't work. Um, I'm actually really grateful for those insights. Um, and um, something I've been sitting with and thinking through um, near the end of this year has been um, inspired a little bit by a writer who's talked about transitions being a process of endings, endings, a confused period of kind of in the middle before a beginning and kind of integrating that lesson with um, the discussions and the teachings today um, from the lecture. Um, it kind of makes me feel, um, 
like it's all like it's all happening all at once um of course but that process of impermanence it's like that you i think for me the one of the biggest lessons of 2020 is that you have to sort of choose to uh like you have to choose joy uh the joy of of groundlessness or impermanence rather than the fear and that's not easy that's hard every day that's very hard and i don't succeed um a lot of the time most of the time even but i'm trying and i think that's what it is um to be here is to um choose to 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 sort of um embrace this even though it's scary so Mm -hmm. um thank you to all of you i'm new to the sangha as of about um September. Thank you to Mukan who kind of um, helped me in here while I was faltering in my practice elsewhere. So I'm really, really glad to be here. Thank you to you all. Thank you. Thank you. And we appreciate you being a part of the Sangha. So yes, uh, the disintegration and renewal. Well, here's a question for us to work with. Uh, look for the line or the gap between what we call disintegration and what we call renewal. Where is the gap? Is, is disintegration not renewal? And is renewal not disintegration? Is it possible to hold on to one and reject the other? Is it possible? Where is the gap? So maybe that's for another Teisho. But yeah, thank you for, for your sharing, Kelly. Who's next? Sagyoku, good morning. You want to share a few words? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been wondering what there was to say. Um, the first half of the year, uh, I felt like... Uh, uh, was really a fruitful time for my practice and uh, it was sort of it was sanctioned to be alone a lot and uh, being alone a lot gave me time to practice in the different ways that I practice uh, and uh, now there's more confusion and um, I resonated what you said, Daikyo, about, um, I can't remember exactly what you said, but um, the issue, I'll say it this way, the issue of the pandemic pointing us to the way that we suffer. Um, internally in relation to whatever is happening outside. So um, I think that during the year, uh, I've gotten, I think, more in touch with more emotions. Um, and uh, I feel very emotional now and at this point and um, don't necessarily like the way I behave a lot of times uh, coming out of those emotions. Um, 
so um I guess my practice now is something like um, staying in touch as best I can with that larger space that is able and willing to be intimate with those emotions. And um, but um, At the same time, not be caught by them. Mm -hmm. And um, not inflict them on the world, which um, I don't feel I'm doing a great job of. And so lately I've been in touch with a lot of sadness and I've talked before about focusing and how in Focusing, um, I experience things, they have locations in my body. And this sadness, um, I think it's sadness, I don't know what else is there, has this specific location. It's like here, all here, and uh, not here, which is, which could be fascinating. <laughs> uh, um, so, so that's what it is. And a judging part of me now is saying I've been totally incoherent and, um, but, uh, that's the best I can do right now. So thank you all. Thank you. Well, I mean, you said something very important. You said, I've gotten in touch, right? I've gotten in touch. And, uh, and that's what happens when we don't move about so much and when we have more time to, to inquire within, we get in touch. We may not like what arises, right? And it may seem heavy or stuck or muddied, but that's not as important as I've gotten in touch. Because if I'm not in touch, it's not that it's not there. It's just I don't know how it's affecting me. And I don't know that it's there. So, so that is by itself, it's a great thing. It's, it's a great aspect of practice, getting in touch. One last thing. Yeah. Um, practicing intimacy with what's there, which I can't always do, um, to me seems like a way of acceptance that means that there is at least something in me that isn't pushing it away. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. must believe that something fruitful will come from this. Something fruitful is already coming from this. And um, yeah. yeah, a lot of conflicting parts. Sometimes I'll down, and then just what's left is the sadness when the other parts settle down. That's enough. Thank you. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Thank you. Who's next? Yes, Vince. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I really liked what Kelly said about how 
it's like the story kind of usually we look at stories and they're like beginning middle and end that's kind of what we learn at least that's what i learned in like high school i think it's funny because i never really saw my story as a beginning middle and end um i kept seeing ends and then like confusion and then beginnings like kind of like what kelly said um and i really saw that in my 2020 because going into this is more like personal less uh you know pandemic related but going into um 2020 i was hoping to get into the new year as a new self almost because i had already planned for a surgery um because i'm trans and, and so i wanted the surgery for me and that fell apart on December uh, 21st. It just all came crashing down and nothing worked and we never got it. And so I was going into the year feeling like I lost the opportunity to start, you know, uh, like have an end to, to one part of me and, and beginning to another part of me. Um, as if, you know, the surgery at, at the moment, I thought this was going to be something that would change my whole life completely. And it, and I, it did because I finally got it in, in July of 2020 and it did change my life completely in, in a lot of ways. And at the same time, it reminded me and, and, and I talked to junior about it. Um, when I, when it did fall apart in 2019 going into 2020 and, um, how, you know, although it's something that it will help, it's not something that makes or breaks me and who I am. Right. It's not something that defines me. And so, it was kind of interesting going into the new year um, with such disappointment on that part and then kind of just keep keeping the motion of it and then, you know, having such a weird semester um, college wise and then um, having other parts of my transition fall apart again and again until finally amid a whole pandemic somehow it all aligned for me to get the surgery and start, um, you know, college, uh, for my second year of college with it and kind of with a new beginning. Um, and it has changed my life for the better. Um, but it also reminded me that, um, it's kind of like, this was always it, which is funny. Uh, even though it wasn't always it, this was always it. Um, and so going into 2021 with something that I feel like now I'm done, I know I'm not, but I feel like now I finally got to a point in my transition where I'm happy with what I look like. I'm happy with how I feel like I'm happy with, um, what I see in the mirror every day, which was not something that I could say for a lot of my life. Um, and so it was kind of nice, even though uh, <laughs> there were so many bad things happening in 2020 that were that caught me off guard and keep things kept falling apart in many different parts of my life um how now i can start 2021 um feeling this way and maybe it'll come back and go away and whatever might happen but as of right now it's a nice feeling to go into 2021 feeling very much complete and yet knowing this is the beginning because it was like the end confusion in the beginning. So um, mm -hmm. I just liked that. Thank you. Thank you. So now you explore the new. You yes. are open to explore the new. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Who's next? Kako, good morning. 
Hi, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So it's wonderful to hear. First of all, thank you also. I'm new to this Sangha too, and thank you all for welcoming me and making me a part. It's, it's a new beginning right there. Um, since the Drukai day when I met everybody. Um, <clears throat> so it's great to hear everyone talk about the pandemic and new beginnings, new year and all that stuff. And I was thinking about um, how we all see this pandemic and what meaning we give it. You know, because as Jeremy pointed out, it's it's amazing. It's a it's the rare thing that we're all in it together. The entire world is in it together. People in the most remote parts of the world, people without a cell phone, without whatever, they everyone's affected by this thing. And I had a long conversation with a friend of mine who's very philosophical and also kind of a conspiracy theorist. And um, yeah, it was it was a we went down a rabbit hole a little bit of the. I won't even get into it, but there's some kind of sophisticated, you know, political theory and 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 ways of looking at government and 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 uh, um, how government functions and these kinds of things that I get into, like on a philosophical theoretical level. And then my friend was really, um, you know, sort of emphasizing the point that there's never been, there probably has never been a moment in history in which. A government has so directly or or i should say the forces of of power have so directly controlled everybody's life the fact that the apparatus of the state as it's called this is can control everybody's like everybody when there's a lockdown especially in europe you know that there or in china where people really can't leave the house uh, at all um there's just like this thing going on that and so then part of my brain the sort of philosophical part gets into that and then I think about wow you know it's true that that um, I am in a position right now the government is controlling my life because of the response to the, the, the vaccine and the and the, um, the the ways in which I have to stay home and, and 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 everything all kinds of stuff so I was I was sort of faced with having to like defend the Buddhist way kind of it was kind of like a koan you know Okay, um, now because of, of public health restrictions, because of things that have to do with people in power, I either have or have not access to a vaccine, whatever, the things are shut down. And so I sort of had to kind of pitch the Buddhist, what I think of as the Buddhist way, like, okay, well, the only moment is now, right? Um, you know, everything is complete right here in this moment. What in this very moment is missing? That kind of stuff. Um, you know, and that we can find a, a wholeness and a completeness in this moment and in the vastness. It's kind of like the identity of relative and absolute. And that didn't wash with my friend. It didn't, I wasn't able to convey what I think of as what we're talking about here. You know, is, does New Year's Day have a special significance? Well, Yes and no, basically. It's it, you know, everything is everything, every day is is every day is a good day, and yet there are new beginnings. And so yeah, I just wanted to sort of share that um this thing, this, this is um hard to express. But uh here it is, even though we are in a very strange situa situation uh, uh politically. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How to express when we try to express? 
Don't try. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for being a part of our Sangha. We appreciate that. Okay, we still have a few more minutes to go, and it uh, be great to hear from anybody who did not speak. Uh, Saido, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, yesterday, I, uh, I tried calling my brother to wish him a Happy New Year, and uh, instead I got his 11-year-old daughter. And it was like really the first time I had ever had a conversation with her over the phone. They live in Georgia. And uh, she asked me what my hopes were for 2021 after, you know, going, all of us going through 2020. And it, it took me a few minutes. I was kind of stalling and just talking to her. And uh, finally, I said to her, I said, you know, I've been studying Zen practice and we went through an ongo about acceptance. And uh, I said, really, the only thing that I can hope for in 2021, as hopefully the pandemic rounds to a close is that uh, people become more accepting of others, their health, and they take on the responsibility that all of us have taken on during the pandemic of if you have a cold or if you feel unwell, don't have like, you know, to not have a stigma about putting a mask on and going out into public as they do in Asia, you know, and I said, if, if we could just come to that i said it would be nice to have the rest of the world go back to normal but this is the one thing that i hope does not go back to normal that when you know that when people feel that they they're going to infect others they take the responsibility so uh i don't know i just uh her question took me off guard though because um i didn't expect it from an 11 year old you know so it was it was very nice you know and uh that's about it. It was a good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, what a simple way to express caring, right? Yeah. Uh, very simple and available, and uh, we have gotten very good at it. <laughs> right? Everybody's got tons of masks everywhere. So, yeah, that would be a good question. You know, are we going to remember to put it on? Uh, and care about not infecting others with whatever it is we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question. Thank you. Good point. Yes, Jean, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So I wanted to touch on kind of the roller coaster of what this year has been and kind of just show a little bit of an example through what I went through. Um, so this time last year, so early 2020, I had all these goals, all these things that I want to do, resolutions, all this stuff. And the beginning of the year, I was actually doing pretty well at going into it, being able to do them, everything was going well. And so I thought things were you know, good. And then the pandemic hit and then everything crashed. Um, all the things that I was working towards went away. And so all of a sudden things were bad, right? Not good. So then from there, um, as everything's kind of falling apart, what was really interesting to me, what I really kind of saw in things was everybody was starting to come together for that brief time afterwards. I don't know if everybody noticed that, 
what I was saying is the initial piece when, when the pandemic hit was there was so much interconnectedness. Mm -hmm. Everybody was trying to be in it together. So for instance, like I still remember all of the signs for the healthcare workers in the beginning. Um, I know it on my street and my block, uh, there were all these like children were writing with chalk on the, on the uh, driveways, all these very encouraging things. And just there, there was all this great stuff. Everybody was coming together. Um, I know for me professionally, I'm a physical therapist and a lot of things had to close down and we couldn't work in person. And a lot of people in my profession went online and started teaching everybody for free, just started teaching. How are we going to bring this online? How are we going to do this? Let's bring everything together. Right. So there's all of this togetherness that was going on, which was amazing. And that's still what I remember from the beginning of the pandemic. But then from that good ended up coming kind of the downhill of all of these, um, a lot of the isolation, a lot of the this versus that, me versus you, and all of that started to come through, right? And then that was very hard and seeing all of the isolation that came from that was tough. But then from that isolation, it, it kind of encouraged me to find connection again. And that's when I found the Sangha. That's when I reached out to the research kind of found all of you, right? And, and that was, and that was amazing. I'm so grateful to have found everybody and, and to be here. And that gave me the courage and, and the ability to find acceptance, right? So I, I think like the big, the big thing that I kind of realized is that, you know, it was like, you kind of look at it and could have been like, a good into a bad into a good into a bad into a good into a bad and every bad was the fuel for the good and i don't want to say the good was the fuel for the bad but it did kind of lead into it and, and the point of it is that it, it's tough to really see is there a good or is there a bad right it all depends and we won't know until the next thing kind of hits but we we go through it moment by moment by moment mm -hmm. right and, and so, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to share. And, and thank you everyone again for kind of inviting me into the Sangha. And it's been just a great experience. So, thank you. Thank you. So not knowing is a great way to not know if it's good or bad. Right? It's just the experience. You know, whether it's good or bad, we don't know. Later on, we, we may think, well, I thought it was good, but it was bad. I thought it was bad, but it was good. But it's irrelevant, right, at that point, because we don't know. Right, we just continue. So, yeah, be better not to paint it in any color. <laughs> Leave it alone. Thank you. So, uh, anybody wants to have the last word? <laughs> what is the last word? There's a koan about that. <laughs> I don't want to put them on the spot. Kyozan had their hand raised a few times. Oh, Kyozan. Thank you for noticing that. Kyozan, good morning. Hi, everyone. Morning. Morning. Uh, during the pandemic, it gave me a lot of time to think inwards and to really think about like the, of the 
why I live the way I live and a lot of the habits that I've gained over the years. And I noticed that I would do a lot of like, um, I would work through things through grit or like force myself through certain obstacles. But with the pandemic, I can't go as like as hard or as like quickly as I'd like to go with certain certain obstacles. So in order to overcome this, I had to be more subtle and gentler. And it forced me to be more patient with myself and with the way things are Mm -hmm. and to be okay with that. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed, it was, it is a great lesson in patience, isn't it? A great lesson in patience, absolutely, which is very important for us to learn at any opportunity we can. So, yes. All right. It's been great to, to hear from everybody. Uh, I truly, deeply appreciate uh, all of you. I love you all. Uh, and uh, as I said, in the words of Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, happy continuation to all of us. Happy continuation. Thank you. <laughs>